Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Well... Joining us right now is a man who has really uh, been in the trenches for his beloved Danbury for a very long time. And he grew up in Danbury, at least through high school, at least in high school, I know. Uh, Mayor Roberto Alves, who joins us right now, just won the mayoral candidacy this year, facing off against Dean Esposito for the second time. First time he lost by about 300 votes. Second time he won by about 600 votes. Uh, And he has assumed public office relatively recently. And I'm very excited, Mayor Alves. Welcome to the Lisa Wexer Show. So lovely to be with you today. Hello. Thank you so much, Judge. It's uh, it's an honor and a privilege uh, to be here and spend a little bit of time with you this morning. Thank you. Please call me Lisa. I would really appreciate that on the air. I would. The only time uh, no I want problem, you to Lisa. call me judge is in my courtroom. Thank you so much. So, so, but I will call you mayor because you've earned the title. So, mayor, first of all, a shout out from well, who I understand is a very dear friend, my colleague, Joe DeSilva, the recently elected, relatively recently elected mayor of, uh, pardon me, probate judge in Danbury. I understand you guys are buddies. We are. He, he's a he's been a good friend, a good uh, political mentor and just somebody I go to for for a lot of advice. He's got a lot of experience in in his sphere and we're excited to have him as our probate judge here in Danbury. Yeah, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. I know him a long time. He's a wonderful man. So, Mayor, you've wanted to be mayor for a long time. Tell us a little bit about your growing up, your background, your ethnicities. Uh, Danbury is such a widely diverse community. Who are your people? Where do you come from? Well, great. Thank you. Danbury is a, it's, Danbury's a beautiful place, incredibly diverse, um, one of the most diverse in the state and really in the nation when you look at percentage-wise based on our population. My parents moved here from Brazil when I was five years old. Uh, my father is actually Portuguese. Uh, my mother's Brazilian. My father was raised in Brazil. I happened to be born in Portugal, and then my parents moved to Brazil. I was very young. Um, and then as a young boy, they came up to uh, Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, it was 1989. 
And I've pretty much been here ever since. And I lived a couple of years in Stanford, uh, but then come right, came right back home. And I love the community here. Uh, again, I, I look at Danbury, I look at what the future of the U.S. can be in terms of diversity, folks working together, and the tremendous opportunity we have here, uh, and that joint representation. So, again, it, it's just incredible. And tell me a little bit, uh, give me some city stats. How big is Danbury? So we're the seventh largest city in the state. Uh, we're just behind Norwalk, only by uh, a few thousand, really. We're, our last census, we were at about 87,000 uh, people here. Um, we're one of the fastest-growing cities, uh, especially when you look at student population. We have the fastest-growing uh, student population. There's only one other that kind of keeps up with us um, here and there. But back on the diversity thing, we actually have the largest percentage of multilingual learners in the whole state of Connecticut. Yeah, it's it's a pretty amazing place. And the the topography of Danbury is quite diverse as well. You've got Candlewood Lake there. You've got an inner city there. You have your sort of train station hub there, you know, on a line that goes to Manhattan. But you really have a lot of still rural, rural communities. You have the old uh, Danbury Fair site, which is a huge mall. You have a lot of different land uses in Danbury, you know, that you wouldn't expect for a city of that size. We do, uh, which is an incredible asset to have. Uh, it makes the management of the city a little bit more compli- uh, complicated, complex. You're looking at the largest city in the state land-wise, um, just slightly bigger than Stanford, but but bigger nonetheless. Uh, and like you say, hit the nail on the head there, Lisa. Uh, it, it's an incredible uh, diversity in topography as well. When we have our inner city, then you go out to our rural area. You know, I, I, I believe the stat, if it's not half, it's actually more than half of our community uh, is actually septic and well on the outer ends of the city and then when you come into the inner core you have that that sewer and uh, water uh, customer base Uh, but that's just that one aspect of it and then again being geographically blessed as Danbury is in the New York border uh, being so close to so many other uh, uh, metropolitan centers um, it really gives a create uh, an area where you know folks can have a lot of options of where they can work and then we have a ton of green space too Um, you mentioned uh, Candlewood Lake we also have Terrywild Park, and you're talking just under 700 acres of a municipal park, one of the largest municipal parks in the Northeast. Uh, Again, incredible assets to have and to attract residents and business and capital uh, to increase our grand list um, responsibly. Uh, one of the best public golf courses uh, in the nation, constantly top-ranked, Richter Park. Uh, we have it all here. Yeah, you do. And you're going to be the end or the beginning, depending upon where you walk from, this beautifully envisioned Norwalk River Valley Trail, which hopefully one day will be extraordinarily easy to walk and navigate between the city of Norwalk at Calf Pasture Beach and someplace ending in Danbury. Are you into that, uh, Mayor oh, Olives, I, I, at all? Tell me about it. I that. absolutely am. And uh, right now, the endpoint is uh, that large municipal park I, I just referenced, Terrywall Park, which is great. Uh, tons of hiking trails there, pavilions. We have Terrywall Mansion where people can host parties. Um, but, you know, we're thinking even grander than that, right? That is one part of a great connection that we're all in on. But we're also working on having trails that connect over to our neighbors in New York uh, with the Myrie Brook Trail that uh, they're also working on in parallel to that one. We can we like to walk and chew gum at the same time here, Lisa. Yeah. Uh, so it's exciting to have. Um, so now somebody who starts at Calf Pasture Beach in Norwalk can come and, and do this incredible hike or bike ride to Danbury, but they can, they can continue going into Norwalk. And then we want to partner with our friends in Litchfield County and have trails that go uh, further that way as well. 
I think that's wonderful. I hope you'll allow dogs on the trails. It's no good if you can't have dogs. Oh, I love my puppy, too, so we'll, we'll make sure that works for both the both of us. Yeah. We'll walk together. Exactly, exactly. So, so Mayor Alves, you must have been very uh, heartened and gratified to win this last time. It's not easy to go up against it's not easy to go up for the same job twice, but particularly against the same competitor. Why do you think, what do you attribute your win to? Well, it's hard work. Uh, obviously we, we knew um, we worked really hard that first time. Um, I felt um, that we outworked the, uh, the folks last time, but there was a little bit of, uh, not necessarily incumbency protection, um, but that thought of, you know, we flipped a 22-year seat here, um, and the person I was running against was very known in the community, a very popular last name, older family uh, as well. He was the chief of staff of the previous mayor. Um, but with all that, we came up just short. You, you referenced it before. It was under 300 votes, and it was the closest election our city had had in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ne- wasn't necessarily sold on running again uh, because I do have a young family. I have a 10-year-old, I have an 8-year-old. But the challenges were still the same. You know, two years in, uh, the the city, uh, it's growing pains, it's lack of attention to education, uh, the tremendous opportunity and potential this city has for responsible growth um, and grandless growth uh, was still there. So I I felt a responsibility. I had so many folks who supported me with their time, with their money, um, with with their advice that who who was I to just walk away when the problems were still the same? Uh, a lot of folks encouraged me to go at it again, and we did it. We delivered on it. We wanted to. We wanted. We ran a race that promised to make sure everybody had a seat at the table. Uh, government is going to run on transparency, honesty, and accountability, and that resonated. Uh, and people came out. Uh, we beat the incumbent by more than double the votes that they had won by uh, the first time when it was an open seat. Uh, and, and here we are just, again, uh, the, it's not the weight of the responsibility, but the, the weight of uh, what I owe the community uh, that got us here, um, every single voter, uh, to, to deliver on those promises is something I think about every day, and that's how we govern. We're chatting with Mayor Roberto Alves of Danbury at 203-333-9422. If you've got a question or a comment about Danbury, he can certainly answer. Now, before becoming mayor, what was your life like? What was your career, your background? What did you do? So uh, a couple things. I uh, professionally am a technical sales engineer, uh, and I absolutely love that job. I got to travel the world, uh, you know, talking about my my organization's technology and, and translating all the, uh, the the tech jargon is the best way to say it into, um, for lack of a better term, layman's term, so folks understand what our software does and, and the inner workings of it. Um, but I got to be in the room with a lot of decision makers from major companies, like I said, all over the world, top business traveler, top 5%. Uh, through Delta out of New York City for uh, a couple of years there. Uh, so you get to experience other cities, other countries, and what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. Uh, through that time, I was always uh, pretty active. I served one term on our city council. I was uh, the treasurer of the state Democratic Party for the state of Connecticut. Uh, so, you know, always engaged, uh, an active PTO parent here uh, for my kids' uh, public school, uh, and, and really just all engaged. And, but what really got me involved and wanted me to dive into this world of municipal government uh, was my kids. My wife was pregnant and we wanted to stay in Danbury. We knew there were some real challenges with the schools here, but we had both grown up here. We were both uh, working for Danbury companies at that time. 
Um, and we made a commitment to ourselves that, listen, we want to stay here. We want to, our kids to grow here. But we know that as young parents, we have to commit to their community and do our part, too. It's that civic engagement uh, that we see. I, I almost want to say it's a crisis. It's hard to find volunteers through cities. It's hard to get parents involved. Um, we recognize that, that if, you know, we didn't want to just complain about the situation. We wanted to actively do something. So we did that. And that snowballed. There was national politics in the 2016 era. Um, and then, you know, at least another part of my story, and then this all kind of all came together. I got my citizenship in 2017. So I was very mm. motivated. Here, I'm, wow. I'm a young parent. Uh, there was okay. the national rhetoric of that election, um, which was really upsetting to me that, you know, I, I did grow up, you know, I, I didn't have much. Uh, I did grow up undocumented. And while my parents overstayed a visa, you know, in the early 90s or actually late 80s, when I was a child, when you're five years old and, you know, my sister and I, who's younger than me, you have no control over that. And then you grow up in this country. Right. You love this country. You right. work hard. And, you know, my fought to, you know, get our, our, our legalization when we could. I was a little bit older. Uh, and you just didn't, the rhetoric. Were you one of the dream that. kids? Were you one I of wasn't. the dream that, act that was kids? After me. That was after me. We couldn't take, I couldn't take advantage of that program, which is a great program. Uh, because, so that was after me. But when you invest in those kids, this is what you get. My sister is a very, she's a successful business owner here in the city of Danbury. I'm now the mayor of this community. Uh, our, this, that, that, those kids, they give back to their communities just like any other. Um, and they can be a big part of this if we all just work together. And, and the reality when I was growing up was uh, the folks were hardworking people. They just wanted a better life for their families and their kids. And they give back to their community. They pay taxes in their community. They go. To, we go to the same churches. We go to the same grocery stores. We all share doctors. Uh, and it was just about inclusion. I felt that the narrative in that those that, that national election just wasn't the reality to what I saw around. These were very good, responsible people. And I wanted to set that narrative straight. And I was already engaged as a parent going to PTO meetings and advocating for our schools that um, I had a lot of folks that were just asking me to run for office. It, it was never a plan. Um, I love my career. Um, I, I love being mayor. I'd spent 61 days and I come in and have these 13 hour days with smiles on my faces. I incredible. I love this job incredibly. Uh, but I had a very comfortable uh, life before this. And I did this because I felt it was the right thing to do for my community. Um, and here I am. And I'm just so honored to be there, to be here. So, Roberto Alves, will you stay with us? We're on live radio. we got to come back. We've got some messages for our sponsors. Um, we're going to continue the conversation with Mayor Roberto Alves of Danbury when we return here on WICC 203-333-9422, the Lisa Wexler Show. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And welcome back. We are chatting with Mayor Roberto Alves of Danbury, a brand new mayor, 61 days and counting, 203-333-9422. So, Mayor, you were telling us your story of your parents came here uh, they were undocumented because they overstayed their visa, which meant that they were not uninspected, but they were undocumented. And there is a distinction uh, among people who who look at immigration between the two. But my question for you is, with immigration being a national story, the headlines today, the literally the big headline today was that Texas is bragging that it took well over 100,000 people that were uninspected and undocumented uh, illegal immigrants from the border and disperse them throughout the country. Other mayors, including Eric Adams, has been uh, in despair and crying that the city budget is being disproportionately affected by needing to house these people that have been, frankly, dropped on his doorstep. Uh, And so other things that people who already live in the city, they're going to be deprived of, including educational opportunities. We saw two high schools in New York City have to be vacated for a day because Floyd Bennett Field was subject to winds with a possible terrible warning. And there was a migrant camp that had been set up there and the people had no place to go. So they went and they stayed in a high school and the kids couldn't go to high school that day. You're going to be wearing a lot of hats. What is going to happen to Danbury with respect to this migrant surge? And how do you feel about this politically? Well, I think uh, politically speaking, as mayor, you, you, your focus is on managing your city, right? My job is to be CEO of this mid-sized company and run it as efficiently as I can. And the challenges that Mayor Adams has in New York and other mayors have across the country is a challenge of resources. As mayor, uh, you run your city and you uphold it to the law. That's the, the charter of your city, the constitution of your state, and the constitution of this country. Uh, and at its most basic, um, our job is to take care of everybody in our cities, educate them. Um, and that's a challenge that, you know, we do have here in our diverse population. You go back to, I said, how we have the largest um, percentage of multi-language learners in our in our state. Um, what we just want is our fair share. It's like Mayor Adams is going to the federal government asking, his for, asking for his fair share. Um, and, you know, it's tough to get into geopolitics from uh, a mayor's office, right? You know, you don't want to touch things that that, that don't fall on you. Uh, but I think you have to recognize um, what causes uh, these migrations, how you know certain things you know, fall out of our scope. But it's our somewhat our responsibility, right? Uh, the world is a much smaller place. Crises all over the world are tied uh, to each other. Um, some folks feel they have an obligation to help, others don't. But being somebody who grew up um, undocumented, uh, I'll be the first one to say that, just like most of the people who grew up like me would say, we want safe borders. We want secure streets. We do not want uh, narcotics going across the border. We do not want you know, terrorists in our country. And we back up, you know, responsible laws for that. Um, But, you know, the reality is when we talk about narcotics and things like that, most of those are coming in through our ports. Um, This is all proven thing. The crisis at the border 
uh, twofold. Uh, I, I think it's also incredibly irresponsible for any government organization to put folks on buses and send them to places like Martha's Vineyard um, for publicity stunts when you have folks coming in from a desert a crossing risking their lives and now with nothing more than the shirt on their back you put them on a island resort uh pretty much a town that has uh, little to no population uh, in the winter months and expect them to take care of folks and have jobs uh, again uh, this is a very complicated issue. Um, I understand I have a somewhat shared experience um, in one sense, but as you said, uh, you know, my experience, you know, they were vetted and came through at the border. Folks are also getting vetted before they're getting put on buses, too. Um, and I met a, a mayor just last week in Washington, D.C., the U.S. Conference of Mayors, who spoke up to say that, you know, the media is portraying things a, a little differently because in her town, she feels that there isn't a crisis that people are getting along and they're vilifying these border towns, making it so nobody wants to go and visit when she said this is very different. And I don't have her card. I'm in my pockets and my desk here because I, I was carrying her card to share with our congressional delegation because I thought that was a very unique perspective well, and story. You know what, Mr. Mayor Alves, it's really hard to generalize. Like I have a very dear friend whose daughter was violently raped in a in a stop and shop parking lot in Stanford. Okay, I mean, like horrible, horrible. And one of the one of the assailants was just sentenced to eight years. Uh, both of them happened to be undocumented people, right? Completely illegal, undocumented, obviously with criminal intent. And so that family that was heretofore, frankly, very liberal on the issue, um, and it's a close friend of mine and the daughter, it's a heartbreak, um, what happened to her. All of a sudden, politics becomes personal. So it is difficult to generalize, right? Because the overwhelming majority of people in general are not criminals. We know this. They're not. Thankfully, thankfully for all of us, they're not criminals. And, And all of us who are honest with ourselves unless we came here in chains in the African-American experience or we were indigenous Americans, all the rest of us have stories of people who bent and scraped and did the best they could to come to America to have a better life. And if we're honest with ourselves, the immigration laws 100 years ago were not what they are today. And who knows how many of them got here? We don't know, right? We don't know. But, uh, But I just wondered for you as somebody who wears a lot of hats and who is the mayor, if you... I don't know if, if, if Dan Berry was experiencing this now, if you had a thought about this. So that's why I asked the question. No, it's that's a, hard, a great leap. And my heart, and my heart goes out to that family. Uh, that's uh, such a tragic uh, event. Hard. And I can never imagine as a father and a husband and a brother hard. and a son, um, how she somebody even 18. lives with that. And I can, uh, and I can put myself in their shoes and understand and almost, and, 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 and agree with where they may feel on the issue right now. Um, and the other side of it is, when that happens at a small percentage um, um, compared to other folks coming in to that family, you can never convince them that this is That's good. Right. And, I, and I recognize that, but it is more complicated than that. I think you have, do have a lot of people that come here for good. Um, and you know, it's, we're, we're turning into a presidential election year. We're going to start hearing about a lot of the things that divide us more than some of the stuff that unites us and the good stories on immigration. Um, but as a mayor, of course you worried about a bus or anything coming in because it's about resources and taking care of your city yeah. and want everything uh, to be managed as responsibly as possible for our city. Are we experienced what, what's going on in the news in Danbury? No, uh, we're not. Um, and I don't foresee it. And if we do, I'm going to call our state partners and our federal partners, and I'm going to be on there um, demanding uh, more assistance uh, because, you know, cities can only do what they can do.
Yeah. Mayor Roberto Alves of Danbury, you dove in because you care deeply about the education of your children. They are children. They're still little kids, I guess, in elementary school. So what is it right now? There's a conversation about waivers. There's state mandates of curriculum. There's all kind of things going on. In your opinion, as both a parent and somebody who's now as a mayor, what do you think the most effective ingredient is for successful public schools right now? Public engagement. Again, I I think there's a crisis of civil service and just civic engagement in our our city, in our state uh, that I see, and it seems to be something in the country. I I think when I was a student, and and Lisa likely too for you, our parents had much more time um, to be engaged. Uh, We Mm -hmm. put so much on the backs of our teachers. We expect them to be um, educators, role models, mental health professionals. I agree. uh, Babysitters, after school care, um, and what we need is just that. That it takes a village approach. Um, that, com- but we need that responsibility. Um, so, that how do you get the parents who are leaving this to teachers and administrators because they have exhausting lives because they're trying to put bread on their tables? How do you get them to be civically engaged again? So it's what we're doing here, right? It's leading by example and making sure that the door is open and the table is big enough for everybody. Uh, and it's bringing government to them and educating them slowly. Uh, what we've created and one of our it was one of our campaign promises that we're delivering on is we created the Mayor's Community Advisory Committee. And with that committee, that's going to start meeting in February. Uh, we've created seven subcommittees. We're going to. In- bring people to be part of the conversation, be part of the strategy. Uh, with four days that we opened this committee up for the public to apply to sit on, and this has subcommittees like arts and culture, public health, public safety, education, recreation. Uh, we had over 100 applications in the first four days. Uh, we're well or over 150, close to 200 now. Applications close tomorrow. Uh, and this is going to be community-driven conversations. We're going to present subject matter experts to them um, on those areas. And they're going to be part of getting to strategy, identifying problems. You know, at the end of the day, we don't know what we don't know. And, and something I've always said is nobody has the market cornered on the right ideas. While some may have them cornered on the bad ideas, um, nobody has them cornered on the right ideas. And uh, I'm proud of the team we built and the team here at City Hall. The public should have a say in what we do. Um, So that's one way. Uh, The other thing that we committed to that you don't see a lot of governments really go out and do, um, we don't don't expect the public to come to us. We want to go to them, too. So we are going to have a rigorous schedule. We're out um, in the public as well, outside of our City Hall working hours. Uh, Danbury has seven wards. We've committed to um, one town hall style event um, in every ward, plus more. We're going to reach out to civic organizations and social clubs. Um, We're going to touch our ethnic clubs, uh, the Italian, uh, Lebanese club, Portuguese club, Ecuadorian club, Dominican Cultural Center, and do events at at their locations as well, hostings at schools and private sector businesses. We have one of the, the most successful malls in the state. I was with the mall's leadership team yesterday, and they loved the idea. They wanted to host something like this there. Um, so having the community have access to us and be a part of multiple conversations, I'm going to speak on the importance of them getting engaged. The city government isn't just the pay jobs 
and the elected officials, there are dozens of boards, commissions, and authorities uh, that the city require, are required to have that make the city run. Uh, and I just feel people aren't as aware of that as they used to be in the past. Okay. And we're going to meet the people where they're at to explain to them how complex city government can be and how it's the, in my opinion, and I know now selfishly I'm the mayor, but to me it's the, it's the most important form of government in their face every day and how they can really have such a bigger say and hand in it. And my hope, and you no, know, I am hopeful, is that with this approach, we lead a, an engagement in our community that we just haven't seen in decades and then that we can mirror in other places because people are hearing from me directly, my team, and we're explaining to them the importance of this because that's the opportunity, right? It's the communication. I, Mayor, I feel how old are you? How old are you? I'm 40 years old. It's fantastic, Mayor. Mayor Roberto Alves, I love to hear your enthusiasm, your energy, your passion, your vigor. I think that uh, people of Danbury must be very thankful that you're at the helm right now, and we wish you great good luck and success. You're welcome on the show anytime. Well, thank, thank you so much, Lisa. Uh, it really was a pleasure. And as long as the schedule allows, I, I'm always a willing participant. Thank you so much, Mayor Roberto Alves of Danbury, the brand new mayor. We'll be right back with the next hour of the Lisa Wexler Show Live. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com. 